Hi, welcome to the first episode of our new podcast, Funny Feelings. I'm Maria Guyman. And I'm Lisa Ruckel. Funny Feelings is a podcast between the two of us. I'm a naturopathic doctor. I have a practice in Brooklyn, and I also have a tea company, which we'll drink tea later when we have our guests on. Masha Teas. Yes. We've been working together, Liza and I, for over two years now. Basically, we just thought that we could bring in some of the people that we know and love and work with and kind of create a platform to talk about emotions and to talk about art and to talk about love and things that we really care about and but also to make it kind of funny and (laughs) not so serious all of the time. Exactly. Let me introduce myself. I'm Liza Ruckel. I am a EMDR therapist and I'm also a practitioner of Arvigo Mayan abdominal massage, and I do other energy work. I'm also a creative art spiritual healer. We started thinking about that quality that we have to talk honestly to each other about emotions, about feelings, about our experiences in business with lovers, with I'm married, but um, with (laughs) not having any lovers. Um, (laughs) My husband's in the room, by the way. Anyway, so then we decided, like, we started thinking about all these really special women who do these incredible things, how brave they have to be to actually do those things. And everybody struggles with emotions and feelings and internal conflicts. And it's important to talk about how you feel, and it's important to learn how to resolve those feelings in safe ways. This room is just to show you, like how to get into the feelings, talk about them, and how people have overcome them and move forward so that the funny feelings can lean towards more positivity than struggle. This is Funny Feelings. Today, we talk about mother and daughter relationships. And we're so excited to have Amy Berkman and Rifka Rivera on the show. They're a mother-daughter duo. Amy is 70, Rifka is 30, and they live in Brooklyn. The two of them went to the Jersey Shore and did mushrooms together and decided to make a film about it. First, we are going to talk about our moms for a little while. Then we're going to bring Amy and Rifka out later. Let's listen to a clip from their movie now. This is my mom, Amy. She's a best friend, sister, guide, champion, challenger, mirror, life giver, soulmate, and now co-creator. This is my daughter Rivka, my baby, my Taina princess, my wise Yiddish Bubi, carrier of my immortal DNA, the biggest joy of my life, but also the person who gets me the most angry. She's a mirror, she's a best friend, and now a co-creator. Two summers ago, I asked my mom to go down to the Jersey Shore with me and take mushrooms. Oh, and also to let me film the entire thing. She said yes. We're really excited to hear more about their experience doing mushrooms together, which I think neither of us would do with our moms. No way. Yeah, I actually kind of mentioned to my mom that we were doing this, and she was like, oh... Like, she just, it just would never happen. I mean, my mom would never do it once. She told me she ate a pot brownie and, like, just looked at birds for, like, 12 hours. 
And I don't think she would try that ever again. My mom said she's never had a cigarette in her life. Really? Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm really happy for your mom's lungs. Yeah. Because that's really healthy. Yeah. But actually, never mind. I'm not going to. Okay. Don't say it. (laughs) Funny feelings. Before we talk about the funny feelings that come along with the mother-daughter relationship, Liza and I talk a lot about our moms. Liza talks a lot about her her daughter, her son, and we talk about our grandmothers a lot and your relationship with your mother. My relationship with my mom, my mom is was always very, very fun, and we, have, we really share a sense of humor. We have a very similar sense of humor, and we really have, like, a deep love and understanding. She's my greatest supporter, She's always supported me in my work as a healer and always encouraged me to go for it. But as a 45-year-old woman, my mom's in her 70s now, I definitely feel the roles reversing and I'm leaning less on my mom for care and more looking to help her to care for her because she is getting older and I want to make sure that she's good Mm -hmm. and stays healthy and um I feel like the roles are like reversing a little bit and that's probably healthy and normal. And I've met your beautiful mom. I love my mom. <laughs> and so tell us about her. Um, What's her name? Svetlana. My parents were, were from the Soviet Union. My family's like very traditional. And so my relationship with my mom, just with my parents, I feel like is is kind of straightforward in a way that it's like, my parents are pretty structured people. So it's like, this is the family unit and this is the structure of it. And that's just kind of what it is. And so I feel like I haven't even thought about it more deeply than that in some ways. I'm just like, oh, this is my mom and this is our relationship. And that's kind of like what it is. I think in the past couple years, I've definitely been calling her more just to be like, this is what's happening. And like, what do you think? And what does she think? Well, okay, so for example, <laughs> the thing is what she thinks is that I should be getting married and having a child. Literally, like, yesterday that should have happened. So, but, for example, so we got in an argument two weeks ago, you and I, right? Yeah. And so I called my mom and I was like, this is what's going on, what do you think? And she was like, oh, she was, just, she was like, nice about it, but then she was like, this is why... <laughs> You need to marry someone who just, like, really loves you because you, like, have these things with people and you just need to, like, (laughs) be with someone who just kind of, like, unconditionally loves you and can, like, tolerate that. And I was just like, okay, that's, like, cool. But I also get it. You know what I mean? And it, like, comes from a place of love. But it's, it's just sort of, like, my mom's, like, really straightforward and but also just, like, really feels it if something if like I'm hurting or if my sister is hurting she like really feels that and then but isn't that a funny response (laughs) well you know what I mean I think she was like trying to protect you from being hurt yeah more so than like tell you that something's wrong that you do this thing with people because no matter who you marry um you're going to have conflict. Any deep relationship, you're going to have conflict with. And I think that she sees that you're so sensitive and that it hurt you, our, our conflict, that she was trying to, like, protect you from being hurt. 
Yeah. As a mom's, per- that would be my mom. T- if I put my mom hat on <laughs> right now, that yeah. would be my, but she can't protect you from being hurt because any human relationships is going to have pain in it because the emotional body is in a safe place always. And I think your mom's like, she's like a fierce protector. Yeah. Her mom is like that too, it seems like. So my two grandmothers are really, really different, but my mom's mom is just sort of this like stoic character who doesn't say that much. She'll start like listing off every American president because when they moved here, they had to take the citizenship test and like, (laughs) she just has this like ridiculous history memory. But anyway, so one time I was like, I was just thinking like, I don't really know my grandma that well, like in terms of what's actually like going on under there. So I asked my mom, like, what is your mom like? Like if you had to describe her and she said that she's really strong and that was the descriptor for it. And I was like, I can see that. I mean, they also like my grandparents went through a lot of trauma just with World War II, like being kids in that. So I think that's probably a big part of it. But, you know, some people can express themselves after that and some people don't. And so it's just kind of that you can see that my mom's strength is kind of the same. I see that too. Well, what I was just thinking about was like advice. Well, my grandma's now been telling me like, she keeps giving me all this advice about men and it's hilarious, but like, and also hard to follow. We were talking about this recently because she was telling me this thing about how you need to keep them at an arm's length. But I like so have so much trouble with that because I'm just so open. So I'm like, oh. See, my grandmother would say you have to give them enough rope to hang themselves. And I always was like, what the heck does that mean? Like, <laughs> It's hard to follow that kind of advice. I feel like it was easier when there were no cell phones. So you couldn't just like text someone. Yeah, because you, know you I mean? have to have extreme impulse control to give someone enough rope to hang themselves. Yeah, and you have to... Right, exactly. Especially when text messaging is a phenomenon. Yeah. Funny feeling. So my grandma like gives me this advice about men, about like, keeping them at an arm's length, but then she also like will give me cute underwear that's like lace see-through, like <laughs> completely with like polka dots. It's so Russian. She her. gave me this purple... <laughs> I don't even know how what to describe it. It's like a roby thing that's like super short. And she was like, "Was this, it hers or did no, she buy it for she you?" She bought it for me and was like, "This is for when you wake up with a nice man in your bed next to you." And I'm just like, "I would never wear this because it's really tacky." But thank you. And <laughs> maybe for the right man, you would. <laughs> I got rid of it. I just I'm trying to not acquire as much stuff. But you're right. If <laughs> <laughs> for fun, I mean, it looks like Chinatown in the 90s which is a good look i guess it would it's something that like you would wear with purple fuzzy slippers if you were into that sort of thing i'm i'm not sure i wouldn't i don't know i'd have to see it yeah (laughs) maybe it's better if you just imagine it (laughs) i'm gonna just imagine it because i know you got rid of it anyway everyone. Hello. <clears throat> Hi. So today we're in the studio with Amy Berkman and Rivka Ber- Berkman. Sorry, That's let's start okay. over. Berkman Rivera. Rivka Rivera. Rivka Berkman Rivera. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to do that intro over.
Maria and I are here in the studio and we're talking about mother-daughter relationships and we're so excited to introduce our guest, Amy Berkman and Rivka Rivera, because they made a film about their mother-daughter relationships and we're going to hear all about it today. So Amy and Rivka, you guys are 40 years apart. You live together in a brownstone in Brooklyn. Rivka upstairs on the top floor with your boyfriend and Amy with your cute dog, Pina, below. It seems like your relationship keeps growing continually and now you're collaborating in hallucinogenic ways together with your experimental documentary. So Amy, tell me about your relationship with Rivka and your feelings towards her. First of all, that I look at her and I see I see the little girl in her. She makes me laugh so much all the time. I mean, I think that's the main she heals me because she lives above me. She lives we live in the same building. She lives in the apartment above me and She'll come downstairs and be really silly. And what this show is silly feelings, right? Funny, funny feelings. Funny feelings. Funny. We were all like, <laughs> <laughs> well, she gives me the funny feelings, and it, that is the most healing thing. For example, the other day, <laughs> I came into my apartment and I, w- I started talking to my dog, Pina, Pina Bausch. And she was hiding. I came in and I said, oh, Pina, what do you want to do today? And then all of a sudden she jumped out and was making fun of me for talking to Pina, besides scaring me. <laughs> so that was, you know, that was, and, and, and life is up and down. And um, so I was in a down period, but just the laughter just, I felt like it changed my body chemistry. I personally know Rivka and Amy for a very long time, and I know from being so close to the both of you that the relationship between the two of you can be complex and it can be really interesting. So Rivka, tell me about your mother-daughter relationship with Amy. For everyone who's hearing this, just so you know, we've been like all four of us super giggly and that's the energy we're starting this from. It's just like, (laughs) I think joyful to be speaking. So that's so special. So for us as a mother and daughter, I mean, I guess I always say, what was special is like we grew up, I don't have any siblings and my parents were separated. So I was raised separately by them and I spent time with my mom as just me and my mom. So I would say it was sort of like this sister, mother-daughter relationship, but extremely close. And with that closeness coming all that, all the relationship that would also be, I guess, what I hear from friends would be like with their sister. Just like, I think emotionally close from a very young age sharing all the highs and lows of life. You know, my mom's my biggest champion. My biggest champion and also, like, my biggest challenger. But always the person that I've, you know, I never understood those relationships where people are like, well, I'm not going to tell my mom that. And I think that kind of was like, what? Why would you tell your mom that? Like, you know, even going out in high school or growing, I'm like, I would tell my mom everything. Isn't that, like, what you should do is tell them everything? As I've grown into adulthood and our relationship has had to transition, learning like there are things you share, but there's ways in which you share them differently as you grow older. And that's a journey that that's what we've been exploring. You know how I think when I got out of college, I had to move to Los Angeles to get just some space from some adult space. I think we both felt that way and did a lot of work on myself. That's beautiful. And this great intimacy and pure love that you have for each other turned into this creative project that why we invited you here because it's such a unique and special thing you both did together with your project are you okay because i'm okay let's listen to the trailer again this is my mom amy 
She's a best friend, sister, guide, champion, challenger, mirror, life giver, soulmate, and now co-creator. This is my daughter Rivka, my baby, my Taina princess, my wise Yiddish Bubi, carrier of my immortal DNA, the biggest joy of my life, but also the person who gets me the most angry. She's a mirror, she's a best friend, and now a co-creator. Two summers ago, I asked my mom to go down to the Jersey Shore with me and take mushrooms. Oh, and also to let me film the entire thing. She said yes. We just listened to the trailer for your movie that's coming out. It's a work in progress. It's called Are You Okay? Because I'm Okay. Um, would you tell us about it and how it came to be? It's about us taking a mushroom trip together on the Jersey Shore. And I think I had started contemplating a script. I definitely have always been interested in writing about our relationship and using art to deepen our engagement in exploring our relationship and we have gone down on a vacation to the Jersey Shore since I was like four and it's a place where it's always like it's always it's probably seen our biggest fights and like our most fun but you know it's a place that we've gone throughout every phase of our life so it's like just really we both love the beach my mom loves the beach she'll (laughs) she'll just sit there for like especially this beach you know and I'm always like it's not gym tan laundry Jersey Shore it's like this magical part of the Jersey Shore called Long Beach Island where Barnegat Light. Barnegat Light. There's a, a lighthouse. I mean, it's beautiful. It's magical. But it's seen all these phases of our relationship. And um, I was playing around with the idea of a mother and daughter doing mushrooms on the Jersey Shore. What would taking mushrooms free them to discover together was the initial thought behind exploring that as a script. Something happened where I was like, Mom, we have to go down to the Jersey Shore and do mushrooms. And so (laughs) without knowing what that would be, and then I was like, and I'll film it. So I sort of got really like behind this idea, just adamant that that's what had to happen and we'd find out what would happen after. And the experience itself was pretty extraordinary. Do you want to speak to the experience? I'm just thinking as you're talking about it, I'm kind of back on the beach and getting a little trippy here. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Do you want some tea? We have some tea from Masha Tea, Maria's Tea Company, and she made a special blend she's going to tell us, Ooh. especially for this episode. So I called could... it Love Tea. Yes. <laughs> it's um, skullcap, fennel, roses, western red cedar. <gasps> Is there a way where s- we can just sip this? Just, just sip, sip it. it. And those cups are designed by my kids. That's their artwork, uh-huh. oh. Julian and Valentina. This is delicious. Thank you. Funny Feelings. Funny Feelings with Liza Ruckel and Maria Gaiman. So we did the mushrooms. So we took the mushrooms. And then we spent the following year exploring and unpacking the experience with the idea that we would create a script based on that and go back and actually act as ourselves. So... But we needed structure. We needed it to be a script. And so we wanted to pull out based on the experience. Like, if these were characters, what is their arc? It was a way to unpack our relationship, to look at them as characters. And like, okay, so why did you want to go do mushrooms with your mom? Like, what is what was really behind that? So I have to say, I wasn't looking at it so much from the point of view of the art as I was of our relationship. 
this is so interesting that she wants to do this with me. I wonder where this can go. This is really, you know, this is, I feel really brave that I'm going to do this. And I think she feels really brave that she's, that we're going to do this. And I was interested to see how this would change our relationship. And I really felt what it did for our relationship was brought things more to the forefront. The first, one of the first scenes, we knew we were going to have this fight, her showing up. I was at the beach house ahead of time, and she came in, and we knew we were going to have this altercation. She was filming everything, and I was kind of nervous because I thought one of, one of my issues in the film was like, oh, am I going to go into a death spiral? Because I had gotten from a doctor, I had gotten this cardiac scare, which turned out to be nothing. But I thought, oh my God, I'm going to have a bad trip. I also I tripped, I you know, in the in my college days. So then we had this um, kind of staged fight. There was a certain kind of freedom to be able to have that fight because you couldn't really do anything too bad for me because we were filming. So I had permission, and you had. <laughs> We had to do this thing, but not in a way like we could really walk out on each other and be angry and, you know, like those fears that you have. No, it was more like watching what this process was, and it brought it to some kind of different clarity, which helped bring the relationship to a new level of, oh, this is what we do. Rivka, how did you experience this? This wasn't us in the same mental space. This is us as sort of our artist selves playing around with our relationship. There's a humor to it. Well, I think you're saying in, in similar ways, like that, I, again, that idea of like the freedom of what art re- allows yeah. you to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it becomes this thing that's outside of yourself. So mm-hmm. you don't feel as personally related to yeah. it and you are able to speak truth. So for us to be able to do that together is part of what has helped us speak truth. I mean, that's really important is to be, to have the freedom to speak truth because of so many issues that... I think everybody has growing up about like, oh, if I speak my truth, something bad could happen. And this is like, oh, if I speak my truth, it's going to be worked out through this artistic process. And so, yeah, you're right. I hadn't thought about that. There's a real freedom within that. Well, it sounded like there was a container that you guys could play out everything without the fear of abandonment Mm -hmm. or the fear of being left or Mm -hmm. the fear of the person never speaking to you again or the relationship changing. Right. And I think that when you have an issue with someone outside of that, all of those old triggers play into it Mm -hmm. of like what's going to be the result of this. But knowing that it was like a staged fight, you can actually then process out what needed to be processed and move on from it. And you can, you having the freedom, you can say things you didn't know were really on your mind and get away with it. And like, yet, what? <laughs> yeah, what were you guys saying? <laughs> well, like like when I said to you, I think that your your uh, art is more compor- important to you than your compassion. We improvised these lines, and it was like a brilliant line. And the lines that came out of us solidified so much of our relationship. But really, because it was amazing that you were able to write certain lines very succinctly. I didn't write. I just It came out spontaneously because of what you were feeding me. Your movie is called Are You Okay? Cuz I'm Okay. When can we see it? We're not we're not certain when we when it's going to be released. The goal is to finish the first version because I think we're probably going to be and I didn't get into this but that we want to extend the process to actually include a few years so we're going to go back as we get older and film so that I can then take footage of each experience and comprise it into one day. 
we're still finding this story. We are still finding the story because it's not. I mean, we're renting the house in, in uh, Barnegat Light again to go back and. I don't know if we'll take drugs or not, but oh, let me say plants, <laughs> not drugs, plants. But we will explore, further explore and film. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's amazing in this movie. It's like day one, you started doing some acting. You're like Meryl Strooping this shit in some points. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> I was totally off the hook. I didn't know. So I, we're like, so you're the star of the movie. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and how was it? Like, Because I'm thinking now about my mom and thinking... Would I do mushrooms with my mother? And like, definitely not. Why? Why? Why not? Um, it's just like wouldn't be like how our relationship would go. It wouldn't be something like a shared interest of like trying to experience something that way. That wouldn't be my mom's thing, and that wouldn't be how we would move closer. It would probably cause anxiety between both of us. Um, I would have to make sure she was okay. But I'm wondering, like, what was that like when the mu- when the mushrooms started to like take effect? Um, what was the feeling like? Oh my god, I'm I'm tripping on mushrooms with my mom. I'm tripping on mushrooms with my daughter. I had this like ambitious obsession with this was the plan, and I wasn't really hearing any of my mom's. I'm afraid of my heart. I'm afraid of the death spiral. Like even in that same scene, we knew that enough where I was like, "Fuck your death spiral. We're just gonna do this, and you have to be positive." And she took more. She, she you did protect me. You took more. And so then subconsciously, yeah, I think I did protect you and also and also and and having a look at why was that decision to take more, I think, was partially like the desire to still be take the one taken care of, like that fear of not what happened. You took care of her. I took care of her. She had taken more. She needed to lie down. She needed she was she was downloading spiritual medical information and she needed to be lying down for that. And. So that was a big healing moment because I think it coming at the crux of like turning 30 and that again, that pressure of like, what does it mean to be an adult and what does it mean to be an adult with a mom? Is it not right to need my mom anymore? And it was in that moment that I was like, I was naked in the shower. I was avoiding water because I didn't want my hair to get wet. And it was just like everything that was just powerless about the moment happened. And I was like, it's okay to need your mom. And that was a big spiritual moment for me, message that I got. So I went and looked for my mom. And I remember looking in and she was touching a plant. And I was like, oh, God, this was the fear. She's down on the ground. We're both on mushrooms. Like, what? I don't know how to... And I really need her. But she was really... She was just, like, loving touching that plant. And so she was so loving. You know, I think we both just wanted... And that's where the title, Are You Okay? Because I'm Okay, comes from. We were really concerned with each other's well-being. Just both wanting what was best for each other. Which all the... I think the biggest thing is, like, all the daily bullshit. Because we Mm -hmm. fight a lot. I guess we didn't say that. We fight a lot. And that's what I meant by sisters, I guess, when I see those kind of relationships... And so that was all out the window, and we just needed to be there for each other. I never heard you say that before, the sister thing. Or maybe I haven't, I forgot, but that's interesting. As a mother, it's very hard, like you'll find out, to keep letting go and letting go and letting go, to know what those boundaries are, and you want to keep parenting, you want the best for your child, so you keep on trying to help, and eventually, with the help of you it turns into this is not helping this is smothering it's hard to be a, i mean i'm a mom 
of two. And it's hard to be a mom because your kids have these experiences that you know they have to go through to get to the other side and to find the strength in themselves and for their own self-development. And you can't fix it. I mean, you can be there with them. And sometimes when my... Recently, my son went through something and I had to say, I can't, he was crying and I said, I can't take the pain away, but I can sit with you during all days and be with you until you feel better. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to do that. There is a separation that you have to make. And I always say to my kids, like, cry till the last tear comes out. But it's not always easy, the job of a mom. And you don't, you don't know it until you're actually a mother. It's kind of torturous sometimes. It's emotional. It's a lot of funny feelings. Thank you so much for coming into the studio today, Amy and Rivka. It's been so lovely. And Amy, you and I have done so much spiritual work together and You've done energy work on our kids. We've been to classes together. So I thought a really nice way to end today's episode would be to do a little meditation for all of us in the room and to close the session with a meditation. And people listening from home, feel free to join along as we do the meditation together. So that's a meditation music we're hearing. Uncross your legs and make sure your feet are both on the ground. Start to feel the back of your head and to breathe a beautiful blue light coming down the back of your head into your spine, into your sacrum. just feel the air coming in and out of your nose and if some thought comes or a funny feeling just say thinking thinking feeling feeling and just breathe it out now I want you to feel into your body and see if there's any tension or uncomfortable feeling start to breathe deeper into your belly with your mind's eye, visualize a door, like a doorway, an open doorway. And on the next breath, you can really have a nice exhale. And as you exhale, blow out whatever tension or feeling that you no longer need, no longer serves you, blow it right out through the doorway. Take another breath, seeing that doorway. Blow out whatever does not serve you, what's not yours. It doesn't even need a name. It could just be a feeling or an experience or a sensation. And 
as you blow out what you no longer need and this last breath, slowly visualize the door closing and the doorway closing, separating you from what you've just let go of because it's gone, it's done, it's the past. Feeling the space in your body and allowing the chiming bells vibrational medicine to bring the experience of joy, peace, stability into your being and to feel your heart opening to the loving energy of the Divine Mother. So be it. Thank you, everyone. Mm, thank thank you. Really oh, thank you. I just made it up on the spot. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yay. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> so good. I always do it that way. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, and we're all looking forward to the work that you're going to keep putting out. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And that is the completion of Funny Feelings Episode 1. Yay. Good job, Maria. <laughs> thank you, Amy and Rivka. This is Funny Feelings Podcast. I'm Liza Ruckel. And I'm Maria Guyman. Please visit funnyfeelingspodcast.com or follow us on Instagram at funnyfeelingspodcast. Thanks so much for listening, and we are here for you to help you with all of the funny feelings that you're experiencing. So just reach out to us. <laughs>